Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zare Jr., and with me is Ryan Greening. How's it going tonight, Ryan? Hey, Joe. It's going pretty well. How about you? It's going well, man. I've had a pretty good weekend all around. Got some yeah. racing done. Got uh spar a whole bunch today. It's good. Oh, that is a busy weekend. You went down to Shamrock, right? Yeah, it's good good day um it was a light turnout which i hate to say it i like it <laughs> yeah we were Get out of there fast. At, we were out at 222 i just remember specifically looking at the clock when i left and it was 222 sure but i mean there was still good competition in stock buggy so that's always yeah there's good competition, stock buggy, and there is a bunch of sportsmen, so it filled all my criteria. Yeah, that's what you really like to see, right? Yeah, for sure. Hey, the cat's early tonight. Have, <laughs> have you gotten any RC stuff done? Uh, no, this weekend was a cabin weekend, so we were we were way up north in Nevis, just taking it easy. Um, my associated buggy, my two wheel drive buggy is still sitting there waiting for electronics to be put in it, but that's going to, I should probably do that this week just so I'm not, um, scrambling the week before the, the first, uh, race at the 510. Right. I'm setting mine up right now, putting the clay set up in, it's way different. I wish I had the money for a second buggy because, dude, I have to change everything. So. Yeah, how long does it take you to convert? Like, if, like, say you were going to race MMR on a Friday and go to the 510 on a Saturday, how long would it take you to swap it? Nope. <laughs> That's a big nope right there. Um, if I really worked at it, I but, could... But, but some guys do it, so just for... For shits and giggles. So if I ran my carpet setup, and then I went to the five ten the next day with my clay setup, it would take me if I went fast, which I do not do. It would take me over two hours to do. Oh, okay. I spent about an hour just getting the front end back to where it because you know. You have to, for carpet, you need sway bars, and then you have to take them out for clay, all that stuff. Sure. So, yeah, it's a good weekend. You have, um, should we get into some talk, or uh, do you want to get into results right away? Yeah, um, yeah, we should. I'd like to talk about the worlds, but I'm having a heck of a time finding good information on it yeah so yeah no i paid attention to the worlds the funny thing is the only one who was really covering it and i mean really covering it was the onion of the rc world the rc news unlimited oh what is this i'm i'm completely unaware of this look it up it's um the abbreviation for unlimited, I believe it's UNTLD. Okay. Yeah, RC News Unlimited. They, dude, they're they're seriously the onion 
of the RC world, but they actually did coverage of the worlds, and then they added their little funny spin to everything. Okay. But there was nothing on Circus. There was nothing on Live RC. There was nothing on Red RC. Nothing on Neo Buggy. It's like, what the hell? I guess they don't care. I mean, I get that the budget, there's budgets, but send one guy? I I don't know. I mean, there should be at least print every day, multiple times a day, covering such a huge event. Right. But they... They just shit the bed. Everybody did, not just Live RC. Everybody. So you don't think it was just a conspiracy based on the fact that Live Time wasn't the scorer of the event? Oh, that would be fine then. Then where's Circus and where's where's Red? Where's Neo Buggy? Where are all those guys? Yeah. I mean, well, what was... if all those guys just sit on their sit on their thumbs and wait for? live rc to pump out news they do yeah they they don't have any real i i don't think they have any real hookups because like everybody sends their news to live rc live rc posts it and yeah i think everybody nitpicks what they want sure so did you watch some of the mains i did the two-wheel four-wheel not really um i watched a little bit of the four-wheel it looked better I watched okay. the last two two-wheel mains, and it was pure garbage. I mean, Spencer and them guys, Spencer and uh, Angaro drove fantastic, but the yeah. track itself was garbage. Yeah. I don't, I don't know yeah. if it was the track, the the surface, or the tires, or a combination of both, but it didn't work. Right. Yeah, it looked looked like they were kind of pussyfooting it. Oh yeah, you know, doing doing everything that they could not to make huge mistakes. It looked like they're driving on um, what the toy box used to be. Sure. And when they used to try to police tire saucing, that's what it looked like. But yeah, I, I assumed the racing would have got better for the four wheel drive stuff. I just I had my interests had moved on at that point in the weekend, right. but. It's pretty cool as, you know, a a repeat of the 2015 champions but on completely different surface. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, cuz well, I mean it's it's really freaking hard to win a worlds and for the two same guys to do it in the same classes, you know. Yeah, and 5 that, years later, 4 I years can't. later, that's pretty neat. Who won the four-wheel Barufalo? No. No, it was uh uh Bruno Coelho. Yeah, Bruno Coelho. There we go. So Bruno Coelho was an absolute hack in the two-wheel drive. <laughs> was he? That's, oh, I mean, that's not that doesn't really come as a surprise to most, I would imagine. He was a hack, and um, but I'll tell you what: for his four-wheel drive world championship this time, he did not have to cut the track, so that's good. He cut the track in 2015. Oh yeah, yeah, but he did not have to cut the track this time. Yeah. There's a few things about the worlds I kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah, you edged out Dakota Fend with a brand new car. Dude, Fend fended all over himself. Fend does what Fend does. 
it, he had he had everybody dead to rights. That new Lozy looks fantastic. I haven't seen a body op picture yet, but everybody says it's stolen X-ray. Like everybody says, everything's stolen from everything else, and it kind of is. But I bet Lozy put a nice twist on it. Sure. But yeah, it was. He, so he everybody's had. everybody's thinking shaft drive car then. They better. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking is they better have a shaft driver. It's... Well, I'm wondering why why they kind of stayed with the the 224 theme then if that's the case. Um they I want to say they probably had an idea that was good on paper and it just didn't work. And did you notice TLR only had three drivers there? Between two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive? Yeah, three total drivers. Oh, so it would have been, what, Fend, Reindeer Neck, and who else? I Renault Savoia? Thing. I think. But, yeah, they only had three drivers. It was nuts. Huh. When Associated had, like, 40 X-ray had, like... Well, that would have been, that would have been extra cool if they... Would have walked away with a world title in a prototype car. Oh, dude. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a copy of something, but they're going to put their own twist on it. It looked really good. Yeah, even though they didn't win, I think they they accomplished what they would have been looking for to get some buzz going on a new new car. Yeah, I like what Yokomo did. Which is what? They had a prototype there, and they go, "Hey, everybody, look at this prototype!" And had a bunch oh, of right, body right, right. pictures, yep. and I mean that was pretty cool. And then everybody, yeah, because there's still there's still nothing on the TLR. Yeah, no, there's nothing. And then everybody shit on the Yokomo for this or that, and because you know <laughs> they're engineers and they know what everybody else should do. Sure. Dude, what the hell? Speaking of Yokomo, why was Cavalieri in the C main? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Do you think he... Because he, he's running the same stuff as Mayfield. Mayfield was competitive in two-wheel, but it didn't look like he was as competitive in four-wheel. But he made the mains. And then Cav was in the sea. The people I talk to say he's probably just not putting in the work anymore. I was and you say, have to. It doesn't matter at what age you are. You you still got to put in all the work. Yeah, it's a poor effort. And when you get older, you got to work harder. And I think Mayfield's been putting in the work. And yeah. Cav has been busy wearing Izod shirts and drinking White Claws. <laughs> That's my guess. But, yeah, it was, I mean, God, it was such a beautiful facility. And it was ran well. The worlds were ran well. I, I didn't see anything bad from, you know, like with the Roar Nationals, they were starting races without marshals. They weren't <laughs> calling the rough driving, all that. The worlds right. were ran better. I don't know. It's just the track itself was a lot. Well, the layouts were fantastic. Don't you think? Yeah, they look great. They just the the traction wasn't there. Right, right. Um, 
So I don't know how true this is, but Spencer's two-wheel drive buggy was uh, pretty hush-hush. And the reason being not because there's a new buggy. It's because he was running B5 parts on the rear, I believe. Oh, okay. To get grip. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I believe he chopped a whole bunch off of his front arms to move them. His car was just rigged up. Well, I kind of like that. That's cool. Yeah, he... Yeah, I mean... Who's going to blame you? That that track was so wildly different than what the current cars are designed around. Dude, I bet he wishes a B4, B5 was still the platform. I mean, the B5 rear motor would have killed on that track. <laughs> right. It would have been awesome. I don't know. Um, What else? On the world's, the only thing else I got left is, dude, why are the mains only five minutes? Well, how long do you want them to be? I want them to be longer. I want them to be. I want them to be. Are we be, talking six, seven, eight, ten? What do you? I bet they could get ten. Want? God, do you want to watch that though? I wonder how two wheel drive would have ended up if there were ten minutes. Do you think uh, Spencer would have been able to hold off on Garo? Well, I'd, let's say make it a standard there's, there's six. No, there's no telling what would have happened, but or or the two of them get together and third place slips by. Right, right. I mean, okay, maybe not make a ridiculous long main, but how about make it six minutes, like everything else? Even though the, I think that's incredibly short too. Yeah, I don't know. I. I guess I'm conflicted with it because five minutes is about the attention span that I have when I'm watching 10 scale races. Yeah. Like what, the first time that I raced 12th scale, not knowing that they were eight minute races <laughs> for those last couple minutes, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Is he going <laughs> to, is he going to end this heat race or yeah? What? Nope. You keep and, on going. Oh man, eight minutes is forever. It really is. So, so for me, I don't want to go that long. If you want to go six, fine. I'll give you six. I'll give you seven. But man, eight minutes is a long time to watch little tiny cars. Shamrock does uh, eight minute mains, and that was that's it's tough. And Andrew, yeah, I that's believe, a long time. I believe Andrew does it too. But you know. Andrew Maori MMR. Do they do eight minute A mains? Yep. Seven. Seven, yeah. I want to say it's seven. Yep. Yeah, it, it's longer though. Yep. So, anyways. Yeah, well, let's see what else do we got. I was on the No Name RC podcast talking about um, Heydays. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was. And then my computer. Totally screwed up after our last podcast. I let it update for an hour. It did a whole bunch of updates, and now all of a sudden, settings I have are changing. Like, settings that hmm. shouldn't change ever are all of a sudden changing. And it's like, yeah, 
I I could either talk, but I couldn't hear him in my headphones and all that. And I got I got it kind of rigged up to work, but man, it wasn't what I wanted. I I couldn't hear myself in my headphones, and I hate that. Yeah. So, but no, it was fun. Um, I always tell people, check out the No Name RC podcast. There's TSR. Matthew Housen's coming back with MBM. Uh, we got to have him on here. He's good stuff. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I've talked to him a few times about not just RC but other things, and yeah, he's he he used to love Savage Thoughts. He's like, yeah, I love it, but I can't post it because it's just so you know gnarly. And he's like, I can't listen to it so, when the kids are around. How long has MBM not been putting out episodes? That was that was the first RC podcast I ever started listening to, but I I moved on. I want to say it it's almost been ago. a year. Okay. Um, I think he posted something under his RSS feed that wasn't him, I believe. Okay. I wonder if I unliked it. Dude, I'm going to go subscribe right now. I, I took him off my deal. That's not good. Because I, I yeah, took I'll... him off because he put something else under his RSS feed that wasn't RC cars. Okay. See, now he's got... Wow. Yeah, so it's been a while. Anyways, so... We'll have to have Matthew on. He's he's good stuff. And Tim, one of these days, if he ever finds the time. Um, do you have any results or um, should I get into people cheating? Oh. <laughs> sure. You can't just you can't just open Pandora's box like that and then go a different direction. So let's hear it. What do you got to say? So. Senior and I are riding in the truck on the way to FTR. And there's certain people around. A couple you'd think of and a couple you would never think of. And I'm going to conf- I'm not going to name them on this podcast. But I'm uh, I'm going to let them know that I know. Because they all listen. I know what the hell you're doing. What they're doing is they're taking the statters out of whatever and putting in 13.5 statters and masking it as a 17.5. Sure. Yeah. And that's happening. Where are, the, where, where are these people racing? All over, but mainly Thunder Road. Oh. The, the Thunder Road stock class where you... Where you pinch the throttle for 99% of the track. But it's disappointing on who it is. Just because... <clears throat> hold on. Uh, <clears throat> it's, it, it's just... Um, yeah. Uh, I'm. Do you have your phone on you? Yeah. Um... I'm going to text you a couple, and there's a couple <laughs> more. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> you can just send it via I sent yeah, it via messenger. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, so those three are obvious. Well, I mean not obvious people, but it's obvious what they're doing. And then there's a couple more. And I'll let you know this. You you just don't want to be doing that if you're racing with me. Period. I'll, I'll, In person. Yeah. I'll, I'll bust your ass. Because you're going to call it out. Oh, I'm going to call it out, and I'm going to make a scene about it. Because I know exactly who it is and what they're doing and how they're doing it. I don't know. Maybe uh well I guess it I guess you know like we say we we don't we don't have time for tech. Most of us don't care. Well, and you know, hey, you read the names, right? I read the names. Okay. Hey, maybe we do need tech at club races. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, that just, I heard that and I was pissed off. I mean, I get you're trying to find an edge, but that's blatant. So, anyways, want to get into any kind of results? <laughs> yeah, yeah, stock buggy sucks. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about MNRC. Yeah. MNRC round five, that was a week ago yeah. at FTR. Weather apps it's... suck. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys had a little bit of an interruption to your weekend. There was a lot of people having fun on Friday for practice. Yeah, great day and practice. And nothing happened on Saturday. All of it got rained out. Mother Nature made sure of that. Yeah. So we did the abbreviated rain program. You know what? Yeah, I, I see you guys got two rounds of practice in. I, I can remember a few years ago racing uh, in North Branch there, and we only did one round of qualifying. Yeah. There, and then depends. ran mains. So it depends on who's running the races. Was I running the races? Mm, who was the race director that year? It was uh, it was probably hazy. Okay. Well, um, Kyle Prasky is a lot like me when it comes to time management, and we can get a lot more done with him running running the show. Sure. And he's. Dude, I'm telling you, he's coming into his own as an announcer, too. Right on. He's getting better every round with running the program, all that. And yeah, it was stressful. You know, I don't feel good after a abbreviated weekend like that. I come home and I feel sour and unfulfilled, and I feel I feel literally shitty for a couple days after like man what a waste what a waste all that work all the crap I do it feels like a waste yeah but anyways yeah 
Yeah, Sean, the, Sean put on a fantastic track and did a great job getting it dry out, dried out by Sunday morning. So. And aside from results, um, what did you think of that new techno buggy? Did you get um, to watch it go around the track at all? Yep, yep I did. And Seth, I feel bad for him, and I screwed him. I, I won't say I screwed yeah, him. Yeah, what up. happened? So Seth got beat in his own backyard. Kyle Holmberg was kind of the toast of the town. Oh, his car kept flaming. Oh, he was flaming out? Yeah, he flamed out twice. Once we got him back to the pits pretty quick. The second time, Kelly grabbed his car, and I'm like, throw it, throw it, like, whatever and then we're trying to get it back and then sean had to run out and get it sure and then you know seth was pretty heated at me afterwards but i understand it was he had a rough race and all that but i mean it happens sure he didn't get it done in uh in e-buggy either though no him and kyle were battling like crazy i sure think he his car acted like he lost a cell in his lipo Okay. It crawled. Like, did you ever have an RC car with NIM batteries? Nope. Oh. When they dump, it's like they slowly lose speed, and then they crawl to a stop. And that's what his car did. Okay. And that's what happened when I lost a cell in in one of my lipos earlier this summer, so I'm just kind of making a guess on that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... That's a bummer for him, but, uh, yeah, Kyle Holmberg won Nitro Buggy and E-Buggy. Yeah, he did well. Dustin um, Granby got second in the E-Buggy A-Main. Dude, he... By far his best finish ever. He drove... You know what he did or didn't do? He didn't crash. That helps. You know, my car... So, who took third in that? Was it Al? I got to go back to e-buggy now. Clayton Cartaluca. Ah, Clayton. He's rocking the porn stash again. (laughs) Dave LaRue ended up fourth. So that's a really good MNRC finish for him. Right. Because a lot of times he doesn't even stick around and race Sunday. I know. But. Well, it's all Sunday. Right. Um. Yeah, so for Nitro Buggy. My day started out good, and then it just went, oh, I just clacked my mic. And then it just went down, down, down. So round sure. one, I qualify 11th. But I'm only, let's say, twenty second, 19 seconds off TQ, but only like four seconds out of the top six. It's a pretty good round. Mm-hmm. And then round two, my fast lap is faster. But I tried a different tire, and I tried pushing just a little bit. And every time, um, we'll talk about that when we get to Shamrock, too, because every time I tried to push a little bit, bam, it bit me in the ass. Bam, it bit me. And then I'm in the B, and then I, I didn't try pushing. I just crashed type thing. Sure. But the, the track was phenomenal. Oh, good. Yeah. It so was... you got a good day of racing out of it. Uh, Nitro Buggy A-Main, 
So like we said, Kyle Holmberg took that. Yep. Alan Smith finishes second. Yep. And Tony Slett in third. The new buggy looks good. The new techno. Yeah. Looks like Alan and Seth can drive. Like, they're, they have more of an aggressive driving style, as you know. Yep. And they can both drive it well. For sure. Cool. Good uh, for those guys and good for our region because our region is techno heavy. So, Like I said last episode, it's techno did the right things with that buggy. They stopped doing the wrong things and they started doing the right things. It's good to hear. So Nitro Truggy A-Main Pablo Ayers takes the win. Yep. Over Clayton Cartaluca and Sean Van Dalen. Yeah, I did not see that. I don't remember what. I, oh no, I did see it. I was pitting for Dustin. Yeah, I think I think Bommel led that race early. Yeah, I, think I mean Clay, Clayton was leading on the first lap, and he duffed it right away on that back side double. And then I don't know whatever became of Bommel because he was in the fight. I think he flamed everybody. So Bommel, I think, flamed in Truggy. I wanted to make mention in the Nitro Buggy A-Main, a lot of people flamed for one reason sure. or another. There were like four or five flameouts. Like back 10 years ago, that would be normal. Now, it's not normal for that to ha- that many buggies to go that way anymore. Sure. And you guys had you had a really good turnout in the four-wheel drive open class, otherwise unofficially known as the Truggy class. Yep. It was the mini Truggy class. Ten mini Truggies and three Pro 4s, I think. So Sean Van Dalen won that one. Mike Nesbitt finished second, and Zach Van Dalen third. I'm kicking myself you in the ass. You finished sixth. I'm kicking myself in the ass for that one, too. I was in second Why? place for a bit. Okay. And then, again, I crashed. Got down to fourth, I crashed again, got down to fifth, crashed again, got down to sixth, and then at the end I was pulling in Ben Sovacool for that fifth spot. Just ran out of time. Okay. It's it was all me. The uh, the new tower, I got that new tower from Team Velocity. Yep. With more dr- more travel. They call it their outdoor tower, and it made a big difference. Cool. Oh, speaking of mini truggy, seniors thinking of getting one like hard. Yeah, he wants to race it this winter, maybe. Well, he was thinking about getting a second buggy and go back and forth between carpet and off road, but he's like, "Yeah, screw that." He goes, "I'm just gonna get a mini truggy." It's like sounds like a plan. That's awesome. I think so. I think so. Um, I'm getting a line on him for a VT64. So we were talking yesterday. I'm like, yeah, why not try an X-ray out? And then I tried a few, or I talked to a couple of people in the know about the X-ray, like people in the mini truggy world, not just in our area, but all around. Yeah. And they said they would rather have a techno. And they said Techno or VT64 are still really it. Sure. I bet that PR will be really good on smooth clay. 
Well, we will find out shortly. Hey, in the four-wheel drive sportsman class, Carter Gosh gets a win. Yeah, first time the racing. The Brainerd crew. The, there's, new, there's new new blood in the Brainerd crew. We got the Hens brothers that are doing damage in the A-mains right now, and now we got coming behind them Carter Gosh. Yep, Carter's been racing for, I want to say this is his second or third year. Yep, third year. But the things are starting to click. Yep. And I bet you he's going to do well the rest of this year, and I bet you next year he'll totally dominate sportsmen, and then he'll be off doing what the Hens boys are doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's been fun to watch watch him grow up. Uh, Chelsea Reigns, she finished second. Yep. And Randy Johnson finished third. Good on him. Yeah, Randy's been enjoying that e-truggy. I believe he said he won it off one of those um, raffle sites where you on Facebook, where you pay like twenty five bucks for a ticket. Cool. Yeah. I I can't do that because you know when they're like, hey. 15 bucks for a ticket, but there's only X amount of spots. And I'm like, oh, I like those odds, and then I'll lose. And then it's like, well, maybe I'll try my luck in another and another, and I'll just lose my ass. Right. Yeah, it's like playing pull tabs. Yeah. For sure. For sure, like pull tabs. Um, <laughs> Shamrock doesn't have results, but they do have um, podium picks. Um, September 28th, I've got some results. Oh, you do? I do. Cool. Let's see here. Um, stock buggy. Corey Eichinger took the win. You took second. Senior took third. I was four and a half seconds behind Corey. Um, well, really, John was leading, but he crashed three times in a lap and I got by him. Sure. And then Corey... I crashed three times in that main. Corey crashed twice because Corey, John, and I started that race off in a freight train. Three-man freight train, we were gone. And I crashed early, and I lost that group, and I was kind of out in third spot by myself. Okay. And then, yeah, it it was a good time. Anyways. Cool. And the only other class that day was, or yesterday, was Spec Slash. And Sportsman was in there, too. Um, I don't have any results for that, but... Yeah, they ran them together. Okay, so Colt Troop, Freddie Valley, and Jim C. Yeah, Jim's a new guy. He loves it. (laughs) Good. He's an older guy. He's, like, in his 50s, but, man, he comes to the track and has... More fun than anybody. You got to love that spec slash class for hooking people in. You know, I drove, I tried Coles out yesterday because it's like, I haven't driven a slash in 10 years. I'd like to try this thing. It wasn't bad. Cool. Wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Um, Sportsman, so Greg Newson. Greg Newson brings his whole family, and he puts five cars on the track. It's nuts. <laughs> um, and then his son, I forget which son it was, took second. Young man Newson took second. And okay. Jo- Joe 3 took third. 
Oh, right on. Yeah. And there were five sportsmen there, so he just didn't get last and third. He actually, uh, I hate to say this, but this is one of the first times he's beaten a couple of people. There you go. Yeah. A little taste of podium pie. Oh, he he loves it. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, no, Shamrock so, was a great day yesterday. It started out super cold, but it got up to 60, and it was yeah, it was good. Does that do it for their season? Are they you know, done? They have one more October 12th. Okay. But I will not be one attending. More. I'm going to be going to the 510 for their opener. Oh, you'll be at that opening race. Cool. That yeah. is that just a, a club race or is it a trophy race? I don't know. I'll be there regardless. You know, I should look. I, I, I thought it was a trophy race. But yeah. yeah, you'd have to you'd have to look up their their Facebook page and take a look at the flyer for their series. But anyway, the while you were racing at Shamrock, other people were racing dirt off road at Rick's Hobby Farm yesterday. Yeah, it looked like they had a pretty good uh, turnout. It did. Uh, what do we got here? So four wheel drive buggy, the usual sheriff of that class, Sam Savakul, took the win there. Justin Forrest takes second, and Luke under Luke Unger third. Nice. Shelby Tompkins, honorable mention, finished fourth there. Oh, that's good. Now Shelby's finishing fourth in four wheel drive buggy. I think maybe it's time we kicked him out of sportsman because he he won the sportsman class. Uh, Tiffany Nesbitt took second. Chelsea Reigns third. Um. They've been letting them do this kind of all year, though. They've been letting them race sportsmen and other classes. Oh, which I, I don't, I don't know exactly. No, well, I do know where I stand on that. I don't like it. But anyway, that's I, it's so, none of my business. I'm not running the races, and it's more entries for whoever's running them. But for me, it's kind of you're either sportsman or you're not. Yeah, like at the MNRC. Will allow sportsman guys going to ten scale open. Yep, but you can't race e buggy and then race sportsman too. That's not yes. allowed. But so in the in the e buggy e truggy class, yep. uh, Dave Larue takes first, Sam Savakul second, and Ben Savakul third. Ah, he got the drop on uh, young Sam, huh? <laughs> he did. So what else we got? They ran pro four. Yep. And a pretty strong, pretty strong running. There was nine people there, so Sam won that one again. Cool. And Keith Vanderhyde was able to split the Savakuls, and Ben finished third. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Is that it for? Like, yeah, yeah. We already covered the sportsman class, so mini truggy. Oh yeah. I hate calling it that. What Tenth, should we call it? I just I. I hate the word mini. It it makes it it just it almost for makes me, it sound like a for me. Go ahead. It just it makes it sound like a ready to run car. Yeah. For me, you know, because I think of like mini T or mini eight. Yeah. Or something like, like that. A, anyway, eighteen scale vehicle. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, mini truggy A main. Ben takes the win in that one as well. Mike Nesbitt second. That's kind of his spot lately. He's looking for a breakthrough. A breakthrough win in that class. We'll see if it I comes at the five ten. 
Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> and Luke Unger finishes third. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry, I, I'm looking at my mini truggy. Yeah. Somehow my sensor wire is right above my pinion, about ready to get wrapped up and eaten. Oh, yeah? Huh. Hey, sorry. I, I, I get distracted by stuff like that. <laughs> and and you, you thought the day would never come, but we're going to have to talk about the 510 Oval because they had 60 entries today. Yeah, that's awesome. So good for them. Unfortunately, it comes on their very last event. But they had some unusual racers racing there today, too. They did, I saw. There were a couple a couple cars with uh Van Dalen liveries there. Yep. I saw one car with a sheriff decal on it. So we got some off road guys that are trying their hand at oval today. I wanted to get out there this year and I have everything to do it. It's just I ain't do it. I sure I know Sundays are just shit for me, man. <laughs> so here's here's some funny oval results 13.5 sprint a main it just ran a little while ago 45 minutes ago right seth van dalen takes the win kyle homeward second and chris wall third nice so seth and kyle were battling on the roundy rounds today yeah um i believe they're gonna have more of a pr- i don't know about kyle but I know the Van Dalens are going to have a little bit more of a presence at the hobby farm this winter. Really? Yep. Okay. So, it'll whatever be you're into. I mean, they those guys used to run oval back in the day. So yeah, I ran oval with um, Sean at Lakeside a few times, and they sure. used to run it on the roller rink in St. Cloud before they put carpet down and made it a road course. Okay. So, yeah. so Jason Schwinard is going to love this one because we're actually Chenard. talking about, uh, what's that? It's Schinard. Schinard. Okay. Yes. So Jason finishes first in sportsman, Scott Hiltner second, James Schultz third. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you see what time the first race of the day was ran? Yeah, he he had a really they got the program through really good today. It was first qualifier ran at 2:11 p.m. Well, that's not bad at all. Last one finished at 7:30. Oh. So just just over 5 hours um quals 1 and 2, there were 16 heats. Yep. And then 15 mains. Cool. So um 47 races. In five and a half hours, that's pretty good. That's a good job. Anyways, keep sorry, keep going with the results because I was gonna try to go and try to set up another thing, but we'll talk. Yeah, about outlaw that. outlaw stock. Seth took the win in that one. Randy Johnson second, and Brad Sandvig third. Nice. Street stock. Frank Miller takes the win. Eric Rasmussen in second, and Randy Johnson third. We got 21-5 Street Stock. Seth Van Dalen wins that one. Dylan Kromschroeder finishes second, and Sean Van Dalen finished third. 
honorable mention to Clayton Cardaluca. He raced that class and got a fourth. Yeah. Close racing too. I mean, it's a fifty-lap race, and and three or four guys finished on the same lap. That's which awesome. in oval in oval is really good. Yeah. Uh, short course short course modified class. Corey Rosen wins that. Randy Redmond finishes second, and Chris Martin, proprietor of the five ten, finishes third. Yep. And what else we got? B mod. Randy Redmond takes the win there. Jason, how'd you say it? It's Chenard? Yep. Okay, Chenard finishes second, and Mike Swenson third. Cool. Yeah. That's... So that's cool. So where, so when and where did you hear that, that the Van Dalens would be hanging out at the hobby farm a little more, and why do you think that is? I saw him at FTR. Um, obviously, I saw him at FTR. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to try. They, they like the oval guys are going to want to hang out there. And, you know, a lot of back. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into that that side that of it. That place is so busy. Yeah. That place is crazy busy. Dude, the hobby farm. Uh, Gary Zdenek built that thing. I don't think he knew what he, he was getting himself into. <laughs> they pack them in there, man. They really do. And I, I want to make it up there. And it's not far. It's an hour for me. Big deal, an hour. I drive 90 minutes to go to Shamrock. Sure. I mean, but yeah. What I was going to say, though, so Sean and I actually had a discussion Friday at FTR at the MNRC race. People want shorter race days, man. They don't all want this weekend stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them. Like, the MNRC, there are guys at the MNRC where they live for that weekend race. They bring their campers, and that's their vacation, all that. Yep. I get that side of it. But then there's people like me who are either driving back and forth to the track or I'm tenting it, or I'm spending money on a hotel, and I'm away from my kids, and I'm away from yep. my wife, and all that stuff, and then can't come home and do the podcast on Sunday because I'm just worn out. It's we got to figure this out as a community. We need to figure this out. No petty bitching and moaning because that doesn't get you anywhere. I don't know. What what I know you're not a fan of the weekend deal. No, I I don't do the full weekend thing anymore. Um I I wouldn't be opposed to it if I if I was single or you know, if my circumstances were a little different. Back in the day when when I didn't have any responsibilities, I I went weekend racing all the time it wasn't rc cars yeah. but i don't think that i don't think that really makes a difference for me um i just don't go racing all that much in the summertime right so that's right. what takes me out of of all out of all the summer stuff it's not necessarily the length or anything like that and then for me in the winter time when i go to a 510 trophy race I know that my whole day is gone. 
Yep, but it's not. You know be what now. I mean? It's not. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just I, I'm I've made peace with that. Yeah. You know I and I and I tell Kim I'm not sure when I'm going to be home. It I we might be done racing at five. We might be done racing at nine. I don't know. Right. Right. So don't make any plans for me. But Chris is starting to pull the reins back on that. Yeah. Um. So October twelfth is a trophy race. No, oh, I guess I got to get my crap together then. Two rounds of qualifying, five minutes each. So I'll probably be rocket round, which would make sense. It'd be even cooler if it was heads up, but. We'll get Chris there. I think he likes the idea. Sure. Um, cause like I said so, on podcast before. So oh, go do ahead. you think that spec buggy class is going to run that I, first I want time around? Be. You think there'll be enough people running it? God, I hope so. I hope so. I Are you going to bring stock and mod stuff with just in case I'm gonna mod have a buggy mod runs and it's a decent field? I'm going to have a mod motor with me. Okay, cool. I'll I'll have one too. Yes, I'll have a mod motor, and if there's a mod buggy class, I'll run it. I have no issue with it. Um, I I want that spec buggy class to take off, but take off with the right people. Like Shelby, he built one. He's the right person. He's in that transitioning space. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be awesome if... Keith Rains and Chelsea built one each too. It's for people who well, actually Keith is actually getting fast. So he built a big ass track in his yard. Did you see that video? Yeah, I did. Awesome. It is, and he's getting better, man. Did anybody help him with the layout, or did he do that? I think I forget the guy's name. I met him in passing a couple times, but I think he. I guarantee Chelsea helped. And I guarantee the his one buddy helped. I don't know who else helped. Probably his kids. So, but the the only issue with that is his track is pure sand. Yep. It's just I don't know if you've ran on a pure sand track. It's pretty well, rough. It tears shit up. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, right. But he, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah, he's 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 got the money, and he. Wants to run laps and get better. Yeah, he is getting better, too. Every time I see him run, it's like, oh, man, he's going to be doing something here soon. It's funny how that works if you keep going racing every weekend. Yeah, right, right. But, yeah, I I was just, I I wanted to bring up the shorter race day thing because it should be a topic to be discussed. I'm going to bring it up at the MNRC. So we've had a rain at every single round, even at the dome, we raced inside, but we had rain at the dome. Yeah. It didn't affect anything, but I just noticed it was kind of an omen for the rest of the year. And I'm like, what I would like to see is Friday's always practice. And we do the abbreviated program either on Saturday. If it rains on Saturday, we do it Sunday. And then be done. Maybe stretch things out a little bit. So people can. People can. um, 
get more racing in type thing, like stretch the A mains out to 30 minutes instead of 15. But make it a one-day show is what you're saying. Try to always have the Friday practice. Yeah, of course. So in in your perfect world, you'd run the race Saturday and Sunday would be the makeup day? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think a ton of people would be into it. I think because so. for the camping folks, they still get to, you know, some of them, not very many, but a couple of them show up Thursday night. Right. So they're still getting a couple nights of camping or one night yeah. if you're doing Friday night. So you still get to, you know, hang out around the fire and drink, drink some beers with your friends and, and have a good time. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be all for that. The last race of the year, I'm going to bring it up to the committee and I'm going to say sit on it until January. I don't know. They'll probably be like F you, but they might sit on it and think about it. That would, I would strongly consider building a nitro buggy. Oh, if they were one, if they were one day races. There, so we we still get okay entries, but there are guys I've talked to that. <coughs> sorry, I'm coughing. That I talk, yeah, you're you're still getting a hundred at some of the races, but three years ago at the dome it was a hundred and eighty. Yep, but I've talked to a lot of people that used to come and don't come anymore, and some of them don't come because of the drama, and some don't come because of this guy, some don't come because of that guy. But a really, really good chunk don't come because it's a full weekend. And I think if we ran a program similar to what Sean does, I think we would make up and then add some for the racers we would lose if we... Because we would lose a racer two or three or four if we said... Hey, look, this is what we're doing. But I guarantee we'd make up a ton more. I honestly don't know if you would because you you still have Friday and Saturday. Right, right. It's still two full days of running if you want to. Correct. So let's buzz down the rest here. Sorry. I mean, it's just an idea. Hey, I, I missed one class, and you know how we hear about it when we miss a class on results. Oh, Jesus. Uh, the, the Midwest Mod class. Uh, Chris Wall takes the win in that one. Dylan Kromschroeder okay. takes second, and Jeff Hansen takes third. That's the 510 RC uh-huh. Raceway today. Good job, guys. All right, so a couple more things. Um, Moorhead, the Moorhead RC Club, I don't know if they're a club or a business or whatever, but they're but- looking at putting a track in the Moorhead Mall this winter. So keep your eye out for that. That'll be cool. How close to that is that to RC Underground? I'm not sure. It'd probably be pretty close, but... Mm, I mean... <laughs> that track looks really cool, by the way, the the Moorhead deal. Yeah, it does. But I'll, I'll tell you what. It, it's a free market. Let the market decide. Sure. Or it could split them up so terribly it'll kill both, but... <laughs> I don't know. Um, Team Associated is out of the on-road game. 
Yeah, what's up with that? Where I, did where did you read that? A source that I will not divulge, who's in the team driver group for Team Associated. I guess uh, BT left a really long message saying we're out. I I don't think they have the budget or want. I mean, I bet they could come up with a budget. I don't think they want to compete because they look at what they have now and they look at what's beating them and they look at what their team drivers have to do to compete. I mean, Kendall and Eric Swanson were really fast with their cars. Do you know how much of that thing was left as associated, both of them? Not much. Oh, really? really? Yeah. No, there wasn't much left, and that's the way the associated team's always been on the on-road side. Dan Hammond, I remember him telling me when he was on associated, there would be eight guys at a big race, team associated drivers, and they'd all have a different conversion on their 12 scale. It's that type of thing. So Right. Yep, AE's done with on-road. Um, Live RC, I don't know if it's li- well, it's Lifetime is running a special right now. I told Johnny Shore to get a hold of these guys somehow or get a hold of somebody that has Lifetime. Because if you have Lifetime, they're selling decoders for $999 for a very, very, yes. very limited time. If you already have a decoder, right? Is it? I thought it was if you already had Lifetime. Okay. It could be. You you could be either way. That is a $2,200 savings. So if, if you don't need a decoder, but, I mean, you could take that. I bet you there's going to be a lot of decoders brand new, still in package, $2,000. That type of thing. Um, so, yeah, anyways, get your decoders. Um, should we go through the... So Jeff Choban wrote me a long message about a touring car body guide. Okay. It was pretty informative. And Let's find his message. And then we got talking about 12-scale tires, and that's why he doesn't run. So, all right. He goes, I've heard you mention the touring car body game a few times, and I thought I'd offer my opinion. I apologize if I butcher this. It's on my phone. He goes, just my opinion and experience for a local non-sponsored racer. Jeff's always been a great racer. Um, For local level racing, it's really not that bad. Sure, there are literally a dozen or more bodies capable of winning, but it's not like you need them all. It's actual, It actually adds some variety to the class. There are three levels of bodies in use. Depending on the classes you run, you don't need to be concerned with them all. <coughs> so you have low downforce bodies. The examples are the Biddy M410, the Proto LTCR or MS7, the Mon monotech ls these are good stock spec when you want the car to be free now number two there's high downforce example uh the examples there are the biddy jp8 hr the protoform type s 
and D9, the Montec Racer, Zoo Racing, pre, uh, I don't, P R E O P A R D. That's how you spell that one. Those are great for super stock, but also useful for stock and spec if grip is low or you want a more aggressive feel. And then ultra high downforce. This is category three. This is the latest craze and refers to the Protoform Turismo, the Montec, Monter, Monte Carlo, and maybe the Racer 2. The Zoo Racing Dog ball, Balls. Biddy isn't in this game yet. These make the cars more aggressive but also have a low center of gravity which helps reduce traction rolly when the grip is stupid high. Very good in super stock and I assume mod. They seem popular on asphalt. I think they are too aggressive for stock and spec and can slow the car down. So, okay, wait, we, we got more. Holy crap, I didn't read this whole post. Sorry. The body used affects the general attitude of the car. Aggressive, mellow, stable, high, rotation. In my opinion, it's not about speed as it is car attitude, which translates to driving confident and ability to rip a lap. He's correct on that one for sure. Mounting forward, neutral, rearward is a nice adjustment, but totally not worth mounting up an extra body for unless you're getting them free. On our small tracks, the same change can usually be found by shimming the wing up or down and adjusting the weight balance with ballast. In honesty, you need two bodies for stock spec. You want low downforce and high downforce option. For super stock, you want a high downforce and ultra high downforce option. Just mount them neutral or a few millimeters forward. The big thing to deliberate is in how you mount it. Take your time and get it where you want it. All the brands are solid and can win. The other factor is weight. Ultra light body is 20 to 30 grams lighter than a lightweight. It's very noticeable on on track. The lower center of gravity is huge on high grip. If you want to, if you can keep it pretty clean, the ultra lightweight bodies are plenty durable. I can get a few months out of one. If you crash a lot, then just run the lightweight bodies. They're a little tougher, and unless you can put down clean runs, the advantage won't help much. That was a mouthful, but it's very helpful. (laughs) Jeff Choban always has good information, I think. He's an an excellent dude all around. For sure. Uh, I think he did talk to Tex, but he is still... I mean, you know, we, we've talked about the body game with Touring Car, and he broke it down right there. So, yeah. I'm Very cool. Yeah. Anyways, so that's all I had for notes. Should we get into questions? Right after I do Dollar Hobbies RC Raceway results from today. Ah, they went all the way down to a C main in stock buggy. Yep. So that's cool. They ran the spec slash class and Mitch Welch, Mitchell Welch, he he actually works there at Dollar Hobbies. He took the win. 
in spec slash, Matthew Larson finished second, and Yolanda Eichema, that's that's how you say it, right? Yep. Eichema. Yep, Yolanda Eichema finished third. And then in stock buggy action, Kendall Welch takes the A-main win over Joey Carlson and Nathan Jorn. And honorable mention to Chad Neiman. He finished fourth. He beat Dwayne Fisher. Oh, well, yeah. Dwayne looks like he broke. But regardless, Chad Neiman has stepped up his off-road game quite a bit in the last year. Um, I haven't seen him race summer. on clay in that time. He's been concentrating on turf. Yep. And he's he's getting better. Yeah, just over the summer he's turned it up. Um, I remember racing with him early in the summer at Shamrock and just crushing him. Yep. And then racing with him again and him beating me, crushing me, to be honest. So, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Chad. Great job. Yeah. I think where I am now in my headspace, I think it would be a good race between him and I at this point. Cool. Yeah. And to revisit the lifetime decoder thing, it is, you need to have a decoder. It needs to be a, uh, running the current firmware. Oh. So you have, to t- you have to take a picture of that, prove it, and then you can get an additional decoder for nine ninety nine. So most people don't need this. Nope. But don't kill- it's, really, it's really cool, though, because yeah. decoder, you have a backup, or if you have a second track, Yep. Or if you want to do sector times, pit stop times, that would speed cool. trap, you can do all that with an additional decoder. Right. Super cool. Um, it would, but God, it would kill so many transponders. And that's if you why update it, it, which ones do we lose if you update it? Just those super old ones? You lose the AMBs, which, dude, Adam Drake still has those. Yeah, but fuck that, man. Like, nope. Every other every other component on your car, you can't run something that's fifteen years old. Yep, but so I'm sorry. Another thing, get a new transponder. You also lose the racks of transponders that a lot of tracks need. You know. <sighs> yeah, it, it's I don't tough. Know. It, it is tough. I have no I have no sympathy for the people that bitch and complain about not being able to use their transponder that they used in the 90s. But the the reason they're doing it they're not doing it for any other reason except to sell the it's it's out of malice. That's why I don't like it. Oh, I I from a business perspective, I completely understand why they did it. Yeah. It's because of those guys that have not bought a new transponder oh, for in sure. 20 years. I In Come my on. mini truggy, I have a old AMB one. Just because I only have a couple my laps. <laughs> right. But I still have my first one that I bought. The original transponders in the very first batch only cost $45. And then the next batch... They were $65 for the exact same thing. That's the only thing in RC that the prices kept going up and up and up. Yeah, now it's like a buck thirty for the super cool short uh, black ones. Yeah. I know. I need to get more, and I don't want to spend that. I'm going to wait for the guy who's uh, panicking on that's panicking like oh i'm gonna quit racing screw you all i'm gonna be like i'll buy your transponders right now 
you can get three wires for pretty cheap. The three wires are junk. Don't do it. I've never had a problem with them. So a lot of people don't, but when there is a problem, it's the three wire. They don't read as strong. So let's say, so you know the numbers on the decoder? Uh Uh-huh. So for people who aren't aware, on the decoder there's two numbers. The left number is the strength, and the right number is the sound. The the strength is what you really need to be concerned with. You want that number to be about higher than 120. The three wires were coming in when I was paying a lot of attention. The three wires were coming in at about uh, 105, 110, around there. So I'm just saying, when there is a problem... It's usually a three wire, but there's usually Fair not enough. a ton of problems. Sure. So, anywho, should we get into questions? We shall. All right. This was a loaded question that brought up a shit ton of ugh, in the mini truggy. Chad Johnson, what's your thought on sportsman drivers yelling at marshals, then not marshaling how they? expect out of others I'll tell you what Chad I don't see the kids doing that and that makes me happy the kids they might marshal a little slower and they they do marshal slower for sure they're afraid of getting hit and that's why we have them marshaling 10 scale open Um, yeah the kids are doing the best they can and they're having fun. The adults are up there yelling and whatever. And it's like, God damn it. Shut your mouths. And then they don't mar he's right, they don't marshal how they expect to be marshaled. They don't run. They don't they don't do anything. The kids put forward the effort. A lot of the adults don't. Or I I, I mean I don't know, man. I I don't know. I I don't know what you can do about it. Uh, you you could yell at them, but then what good's that going to do? They're going to be pissed at you, or they're not going to come back. Yeah. When you, I mean, when you're being a lazy piece of shit, though, when you're when you're marshalling, I I don't think it's out of line for. And maybe you do it. A race director pulls somebody aside. You know, they do it out of sight. Yep, I don't know of if other being, people. I don't but, know if they're being lazy or if their bodies don't move as well as mine. Well, I I, I watch some people and yep. See, I watch some people be lazy. Right. They And I I'm not that. saying I also f- flip side, I don't want you to be moving at 110% either. That's another thing too. The infields are pretty wet at FTR, but it's a common occurrence. It's not just FTR. So some some people try way too hard in their marshalling because they're trying to be fast. You don't need to do that. Yep. Somebody made a mistake. They're paying the price. That's fine. You just you do it in a timely manner. Yes. You get the car flipped. You watch your ass. And that's all that needs to happen. Chad needs to. Re- 
not everybody's as in shape as Chad and I are. Yep. Believe it or not, Chad's gotten in pretty damn good shape over the winter time. He's been going to the gym almost as much as me. Like, yeah, that's impressive too because he, like I used to be, is a Pepsi delivery guy, so I know he works hard. Yep, delivering the diabetes. Anywho, so yeah, that one, they, they should keep their mouths shut if they're not going to put forth the same effort. But hey, yesterday at Shamrock, there was, so we only had the, the sportsmen, the slash drivers were all combined. So it was mostly sportsmen drivers marshalling. And slash drivers were in mostly the tough spots. There was a kid that, there, there's a double there that if you don't know what you're doing, if a car crashes in between, it's pretty damn scary. And that's where John Shore crashed, and he got a pretty long marshal. But John didn't yell at the kid. And when the race was over, I went up to the kid. I'm like, hey. So I saw you, because I saw him. He was kind of dancing around and not knowing what to do because there were cars coming at him. He didn't know where to go. Yep. I'm like, okay, so you run on the opposite side of this pipe. You won't be in, in any danger. And that will get you to the middle of that double and make sure it's clear. You don't want to get hit in the head. I just explained to him super nice. I I mean, that's the best thing you can do. Yep. Just be like, hey, I said, besides, I said, you did a great job out there. I said, you know, if I would have gone, if I were to marshal that doubles head on like he was, he was going head on at it, I'd be freaked out too. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, you just need to, Everybody needs to calm the hell down. That's what needs to happen. But anyways, um, Hesh goes, pit boards, I already know you don't like the acrylic. How about the new carbon fiber ones, or what's the other options? I don't like acrylic because I've seen them warp. Hesh races mostly outdoors, and I've seen them warp in heat and cold and wet and all that. I mean, literally warp. Sure. Um, I don't have any experience with the graphite ones. Do you? No. Um, Jason Chang has a pit board that looks pretty freaking sweet. That's yeah. all I know. I think his is uh, glass with honeycombed aluminum in the center. Sure. And that, that... I think I, I looked it up when we were there hanging out one day practicing and it was like a $400 pit board yeah. or something. I was like, okay, Jason. Yeah. You whatever. know, you know, he bought it for the price, but it is it, cool as hell. It, oh, it is super cool. Um, have a countertop guy cut you. Like I have one sitting here that I, uh, Jack from senior a few years back. It's, um, a piece of thin granite countertop that Sean cut several years ago. It's perfect for like 10 scale. Yeah. Um, I, I like the Huddy one, but what happened was I left it on my pit table overnight up in Duluth and it got wet. Like condensation came up and sure. it totally warped every, cause it's wood. So yep. it warped the living hell out of it. Sure. So, I, I like the granite. Like, if Sean has a scrap piece of granite, or he would cut you a piece 
for it it would it would cost you but it would be worth it so yeah anywho what else do we got Ryan Eikema, with on-road season starting, will you discuss local results? Ryan, that one's on you. <laughs> yeah, n- yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I'm, pr- I'm probably not going to get too crazy into it, but we'll we'll do what we can. I mean, you know, we're we're kind of an off-road based show. Yeah, but you're going to be racing. That's going to continue. Uh, I I have the pot- the potential to. I I don't know how much I will actually do, but okay. I do own some on-road race cars. Yeah, uh, uh, Jeremy Oldham, how do you teach a twelve-year-old? He doesn't need to always drive one hundred and ten percent. I feel like my son <laughs> could do better if he slowed down, but kids don't listen to their parents. Uh, I get you, Jeremy. Totally get you. Um. I thought of a few things. You could do the old Days of Thunder, 50 laps your way and then 50 laps my way. We'll see who comes out on top. That type of thing. Or you don't want to make him pay for his broken parts. That That might slow him down. That too. You don't want to turn down his stuff behind his back. But you could. <laughs> um, what else? I mean, seniors stood behind me and talked to me until I was 13 years old. He really did. And every time he blew a every time I blew a corner, or went too fast, or whatever, he let me know about it. Sure. But that was. I'd, I'd say. I'd say next time you're at the. 510 and Seth is there just go just ask Seth to take 30 seconds out of his day to talk to your kid right and somebody that he looks up to somebody that he's not somebody that's not dad yeah exactly that's a good point right there somebody that's not you because you know what as cool as you are you are a dork in the eyes of your son (laughs) you know that's funny no matter who you are I listen to a ton of podcasts like Joe Rogan's kids think Joe Rogan's a big dork. I mean, he is, but he's cool as hell, too. So, yeah, no, you, I think you hit the nail right on the head there, Ryan. Have have a local fast guy talk to him. Because Jordan would do a ton better if he backed it up, backed off just that little bit. He's yep. getting his race lines down and all that stuff. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, Mike Nesbitt. First, how pumped is Ryan Greening for getting back to racing this winter? And are you guys racing at the 510 first race? I am. Are you? I should be. Um, he says he hasn't think. Um, Super pumped, by the way, Mike. Yeah, I am too. I'm gonna leave my um, mini truggy set up for loose dirt because I have the nitro series the week after. I'm gonna see how it works. I'm kind of curious. Um, his questions on he goes. 
I will make the first one and second question is, do you think driver etiquette is dead? I hear a lot of guys yelling at each other on the stand, blah, 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 blah. <sighs> you know what? I want to say, I think that's why I feel sour at the end of a lot of the MNRC races, weekends. And that's why I think at the end of a club race, at any place I've ran club races at, I have a great time. Because people are treating those MNRC races like goddamn nationals. And they're not. Taking it way too serious. Yeah. And they're... Also with Nitro Racing too. there's a lot of yelling on top of it. Um, if you yell out, uh, it's in the heat of a moment, you can't remember this, but if you yell out to a marshal, they, they can't hear you, period, period. Um, yeah, no, it's, there, there is a lot of yelling, a lot of, ha if you accidentally touch the wrong person, you're going to get verbally lit up. I kind of wish somebody would try to verbally light me up when I, I don't deserve it. Yeah, that would be interesting. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know. You'd, it is, at the end of the day, it is racing, though, and you do, you have to have a little bit of thick skin. You do. We're, we're, not, we're not out in a field playing kumbaya. Right. Holding hands. We're racing. Yep. And you're going to, any type of racing or any type of heightened competition, you're going to run into assholes. That's, that is, that is true in, in any hobby. Yeah. That involves competing with other people. You're going to run into people you don't like. Don't let it get you down. If you, if you truly enjoy this hobby, you know, just suck it up, buttercup. Right, right. It's. Like I said, though, I, I want to say, besides it being a one-day event like club races, I have to say that's why I feel so good after, like, a non-trophy race at the Toy Box. The attitudes are so good there. Same with that, like, the 510 and everyone. If it's a non-trophy kind of non-points race and everybody's there, there could be a hundred people there. If they're all just there screwing around and getting their stuff better and getting better. I mean, people still yell a little bit and whatever, but it's way less tension. Right. I don't know. It's, I get it though. I mean, I, you, I used to be the biggest asshole on the driver's stand there ever was. But, um, let's see. Chuck Lyonbeck. Comments on the worlds. We did that in the beginning. Um, Rob Mangold, my local track. His track just held the Roar Nationals. Ian Hobbies in Columbus, Ohio, is in the oh they're in Columbus is in the middle of converting over to a carpet off road from a nice indoor clay. Can you guys talk about the difference in car setup, driving style, etc.? I can expect from 
racing on clay, bar tires racing. So you guys are going to come up. Do you want me to, sorry, do you want me to hit this one or then you yeah. go or, okay. Yep. Because I've been doing it a little, little bit here. So you're either going to be running a pin tire, a foam tire, or a slick tire. Depends on what the local the local track owner decides. Track owner is not going to let a foam tire out there with a pin tire, and he's not going to let a slick out there with a pin tire. It's going to be one kind of tire. I only have experience with the pin tire. Um, you run, if it's going to be a smooth, I, I imagine Ian Hobbies is going to have a smooth carpet. So you're probably going to run like a Schumacher Cactus or something like that. There's a new J-Con tire. There's a new Pro-Line tire that are awesome too. I don't... Um, And you're going to run a skinny front like a Schumacher Cut Stagger. You're not going to run foams in the front. And you're, you're going to run open cell foams in the rear unless the grip is so massive like down at tony bacon's track down in iowa you run close selling your tires down there um the setups totally change like in my b6.1 like i was saying earlier everything's different from my astro set i have an astro turf setup which is closer to a carpet setup but not all the way there than a dirt setup like everything changes on it totally um like with the b6.1 for an astro setup i'm running stock setup but with 32 and a half weight oil in the rear 37 and a half weight oil in the front with uh 30 gram um 30 gram bulkhead in the front and that's what I'm using for Astro. I don't know what you'd start with for carpet. I'm sure there's plenty of setups out there. But it's way different. Um, it's a little cleaner, but it's harder on stuff because you have so much grip. You're, you're going into corners so much harder. Things are going to slop out a little faster. It's going to be a little harder on your bearings. Not a terrible amount, but a little bit. Got to so. pay a lot more attention to heat, right? In the stock Heat's class, um, on a hot day this summer, I put two fans on my motor. I put one literally butted up to the pinion, and then I had one in the regular spot because I was getting up to 180 degrees with one fan. I ain't know what to do. Yep. But yeah, you're right. Um, you got to watch heat. I'm going to order myself that new Rudog fan, that half-round one. I'm going to sure. see if that's any good. But, yeah, there there's a lot of differences. Um, lean on your local guys at your track. Work together. That, that also helps out a lot. Um, let's see here. Jason Chenard. Ryan will have to cover the... Uh, yep, he covered the race, uh, the results for the 510 race. Let's see here. I think I had one more from Josh Erickson. 
This will be the last one because it's getting late. And I think that's the last one anyways. How do you define a successful day at the track? On a practice and on a race day. What are your personal answers and how would you urge others to gauge their own success at the track? He goes, for a little bit of context... Do you have to win races or achieve a certain placement in the field to consider your day successful? Or would you find success in sorting out, tuning gremlins, getting car figured out, etc., etc.? Or do you combine things, yes, or maybe spending the day with the racers? He goes, let me know your thoughts personally. I like a combination. Yep, okay. Sorry, I kind of abbreviated at the end there. What do you consider a successful day? Well, I kind of separate the whether or not I had a successful day. It do, it doesn't necessarily mean whether my day was fun or not, you know, whether I enjoyed going racing. So last winter, if I didn't win the mini truggy class, yep. that wasn't a successful day for me. And I didn't win every time that I that I raced. I won right. a few. I won the championship and I was happy with that. Um, but if I didn't win that class, I didn't feel like it was a successful race day. And for me in stock buggy, if I don't finish in the top three of that class, I don't find that to be a successful day either. Now there's some days when I'll finish second in stock buggy and other days when I'll finish eighth and I'm happier at the end of the day, when I finished eighth and when I finished second, it's it's all the other stuff that's you know going on in your life at the time, and uh, all that affects how I'm feeling at the track. As far as um, as far as practicing these days, unless it's like the very first month of the season, I do only go practice when I have a goal in mind. When I'm when I'm looking to achieve something with the setup, so I'll I will I don't I don't just go and burn tires, um, just for laps. So you at do this what, point, you do what JQ says. You practice with a purpose. Sure, and that's not to say that I wouldn't benefit from just going and doing laps. I still would. I'm I'm not that great of a driver. My consistency isn't that awesome. But I, for me, it's a it's a time and money thing. So when I go, when I'm going to use up tires on a non-racing day, it's usually for a purpose, yep. a specific purpose like that. Like I'm I'm trying to get my car to turn in better, or I'm trying to to settle it down off corner, you know, something right. like that. Right. Um. Yeah, and I do get a lot of enjoyment out of helping people, and you you can't really choose. The, the time of the day or anything, you know, you like it to be at certain times and not right before you're going to go run your race and whatnot. But you also, you gotta, you gotta keep in mind that when new people come, it's really tough to know what you're doing right away. And we have to remind ourselves, you know, vet veterans and just people that have a decent amount of experience going to the RC track, you have to be able to look back and remember how you felt the first time that you showed up and how appreciative you were of the people that took time out of their day to help you. Yep. And because we have to do that, we, we have to embrace 
new people come into the track. You have to answer all the questions and you just, that's just part of it, right? We want to keep this, this sport going because people are coming and leaving all the time and we want to hang on to as many people as we can. So yeah, you're, you're right, Josh. It is, it is a combination of all that. Obviously the perfect day I, (laughs) I show up, I, I win my heats, I win my main, I, I help a person here and there and I get to spend some time with my buddies, but that is rarely the outcome. And I usually have a heck of a lot of fun just about any time I go. Right. Um, yeah, my, I personally, I haven't been to, unless it's a long race weekend, I haven't been to a practice day in I don't know how long, but when I do practice, I always try something because you can always go back. I mean, don't be lazy when you're practicing. Um, what else? At the track, I love helping people. So, like yesterday, I helped a kid out named Kimber. He was having, his car just looked all sorts of messed up out on the track. So I lent him a set of tires and we set his ride height to where it needed to be. And it was pretty close to where it, it was way better. And, you know, I like seeing that. Um, successful race day, actually racing, got to beat senior. <laughs> That's been happening a little more lately. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I always try my ass off to podium with the mini truggy and I have not been successful this summer. I'm actually kind of bummed because... I mean, Team Velocity actually worked with me on what we could do to make this truck better on the loose dirt. And we've been working together and all that crap. And it's good now. It is good. And I just can't do it. I don't know if it's the bigger track. I don't know if I'm losing it a little bit on the loose dirt. I don't know what my deal is. But at the MNRC races, I haven't had what I would consider a successful weekend all year. I, I am a little disappointed in myself. But yeah, I, I think I think he hit the nail on the head when he said it needs to be a combination of things. Like yesterday was so much fun. I got a podium. I helped a kid out. Uh, great Great uh, shit-talking in the pits. You gotta love that. I mean, it was a fantastic race day. But, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, that translates to the rest of my A scale this year and 10 scale for the rest of the winter. I saw Ian Hobbies is converting over to carpet they're in columbus ohio i'm gonna be in, possibly going to be in columbus in march i should bring an rc car with that you should i'm but uh i'm gonna be in columbus grappling so i don't know but that's only one of the days i don't know. do you have, i don't know that's that's all i got for questions do you uh 
have any final thoughts? No, not this week. I'm all out of thoughts. I got one more thing. Just a reminder. I will be announcing and race directing Chill on the Hill next week in Duluth. It's going to be a great time. Um, I hope to see a lot of you there. There's a huge raffle for Nick Gabrielson. I believe FTR added a prize to the pot, but I don't know what they added. So it's going to be an awesome raffle. It's going to be an awesome race weekend. I hope to see a lot of people there. And with that, I'm going to end it. I'm Joe Zer Jr., and with me is Ryan Greening, and we've ran out of talent.